What's up? This is Jonathan Smith, your host here at Shooting the Schmidt. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. I am back with another podcast for you today. A lot of stuff has happened over the past several days. Going to break down all the football. Going to be a lot of NFL. I'm thinking Wednesday and Friday. Going to be a lot more college football. And obviously we'll do the, the NBA stuff on Wednesday as well. Just wanted to give you a heads up today. A lot of NFL. Wednesday and Friday we'll focus a little bit more on the college football that's going on. Can't wait to get into all of it. Here we go. As I said, there were a lot of things that happened over these last several days since Thanksgiving. So many things that happened in both the college and the NFL worlds. We're going to start with the NFL. We'll finish up the show with, as always, my college football top 12 teams. Now, so many things happened in the NFL that I I couldn't cover everything in this one episode. Maybe we'll we'll hit a little bit more of it on Wednesday. We'll kind of see what news comes out. So I've got noteworthy headlines, and then I've got three more headlines that I really kind of want to dive into a little bit deeper. So noteworthy headlines. The Lions lose. That is not the headline. The headline is Jordan Love and how great he looked. 22 of 32, 268 yards and three touchdowns, no interceptions, pushing the ball down the field. I thought he looked awesome. I thought Matt LaFleur put together a brilliant game plan to beat this really good Detroit Lions team. Maybe the Packers just won because it was Thanksgiving, and the Lions aren't allowed to win on Thanksgiving. They haven't won a game on Thanksgiving in eight years. Jordan Love, though, he was awesome. He is the headline here. Yards per attempt was at 8.4. He wasn't just living on balls underneath, really pushing it down the field. They got healthy as well out wide. That helped as well. Let's stay on the offensive side of the ball, but let's move on to the Pittsburgh Steelers. They finally gain over 400 yards in a game. What a coincidence. It's their first game post the Matt Canada era. Kenny Pickett, he looks really good. Throws a beautiful deep ball. Actually threw the ball over the middle of the field on Sunday. They hadn't done that all year long, finding the tight end for a couple big chunks. They looked really good offensively. They only scored 16 points. Don't want to give them too, too hard of a time that we're playing the Browns. Um, geez, they looked they looked much better offensively, though. You know, th- they can run the ball, you know, hit, hit on a couple deep balls, you know, throughout the game, and they're going to be really tough to beat, especially with how good that Pittsburgh Steelers defense is. Next storyline, the Indianapolis Colts. We talked about this last week on Wednesday. Kind of broke down who all could grab those wild card spots. Feel free to go back and listen to that. The Colts currently hold the final wild card spot. They are six and five, and their schedule to end the season is softer than Charmin Ultra Soft. Okay, it's so easy. It is so easy that they are plus one eighteen to make the playoffs currently. That is low, low odds. FanDuel, Vegas, they like the Colts' chances to make the playoffs. Watch out, Colts could be that seventh seeded wild card. Let's stay in this wild card conversation and move on to the Denver Broncos, who have now won five games in a row. They are six and five. They have a fighting chance to make the playoffs. Their schedule a little bit tougher than the Colts, but hey, Sean Payton, he's figured it out. Russell Wilson, I mean, they've just been so so good. And let me back up. The Broncos beat the Browns on Sunday. The Steelers beat the Bengals. I misspoke earlier. Let me correct that real quick. Anyway, 
Broncos, five in a row. They look good. Sean Payton, he's figured it out. Russell Wilson looks very competent, not elite, not what he used to be, but definitely good enough to be a starter in the National Football League. I've been really impressed with what the Broncos have been putting out these past four weeks, or five weeks, excuse me, five-game winning streak. They can make the playoffs. They look good. And finally, this news broke earlier today. Frank Reich gets fired. Panthers, they are 1-10. Reich has failed to make Bryce Young look like a solid NFL quarterback. Therefore, he gets the boot. He's going to have a hard time finding another head coaching job after you know the rough years in Indianapolis. And then, obviously, the awful past you know 11 weeks with the Carolina Panthers. Now, let's move on to the three headlines I really kind of want to dive deeper into. Let's start with the 49ers and how they continue to absolutely dominate their opponents after their bye week. Coming off their bye week, the 49ers beat the Jacksonville Jaguars, the 8-3 Jacksonville Jaguars, 34-3. They then turn around and they beat the Buccaneers, 27-14. And then they fully announced their resurgence this year by crushing the Seahawks, 31-13, on Thanksgiving Thursday Night Football. I'm just going to shoot you straight. I know the Eagles, they're 9 and 1. We're going to get to them or 10 and 1, excuse me. We're going to get to them here in a second. But the 49ers these last 3 weeks have looked like the best team in the NFC. Let's start with the offensive side of the football. Brock Purdy once again looks great. Part of that, Debo Samuel's coming back or he is back. The other part of that though is the lack of forcing the football down the field in big spots. Right When we look at that three-game losing streak, that is what happened. He threw five interceptions over the course of those three games. A lot of them came late in the game, and it was him forcing something that wasn't there 15 to 20 yards down the field. Since the bye week, he has calmed down. He's thrown one interception to seven touchdowns. He's been so much better taking care of the football, just taking what the defense gives him. It's been a lot of Christian McCaffrey and a lot of Debo Samuel, but the 49ers look really good, and it's not just because of the offense. The defense has gotten back on track, too. Over the last three games, they are number one in points allowed. They've given up 10 points per game since their bye week. They are number two in defensive red zone touchdown percentage at 29%, meaning that only 29% of the time when teams get into the red zone are they scoring a touchdown. That is a big number for defenses. They are number two in yards per play allowed at just over four yards per play since their bye week three weeks ago. Teams are only converting 38% of their third downs against this defense since the bye week. They are number two in rushing yards per game allowed at 71 since their bye week. And they are fifth in passing yards allowed at 171 per game since their bye week. And they are tied for second in sacks per game at five a game since the bye week. The defensive line has gotten so much better. Part of that is Chase Young. Part of that is... Just going back to the drawing board, going back, looking at the film, figuring out what they were doing wrong. They look so dominant. They have controlled the trenches on both sides of the football, and that is why they look like the best team in the NFC. Okay, They've just dominated both sides of the ball. It's been a lot of fun to watch. They've beaten, like these are good teams, like the Jags, that is a good football team. The Buccaneers, that's a talented team. I don't know if I'd call them a good team or not. And then they beat the Seahawks as well who are also a good football team. I mean, the 49ers, they are rolling. Brock Purdy is in rhythm. The defensive line has gotten much more consistent. They're controlling the game on both sides of the ball in the trenches as they should because they are loaded with talent, and it appears that they have figured things out. Let's stay in the NFC. Let's look at the Cowboys. And I have have a question 
for all these NFL people out there. How are the Dallas Cowboys different from the Miami Dolphins? One of the biggest storylines in the NFL this season has been how the Dolphins can't beat good teams. Well, neither can the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys absolutely crushed the Washington Commanders on Thursday on Thanksgiving, winning 45-10. to The Dolphins, they thumped the Jets on Black Friday. Let's look at the wins for the Dallas Cowboys. They beat the Giants in Week 1. The Giants are 4-8. They beat the Jets in Week 2. The Jets are 4-7. They beat the Patriots, who are 2-9. The Chargers, who are 4-7. The Rams, who are 5-6. The Giants again, who once again are 4-8. The Panthers, who are 1-10. And then the Commanders, who are 4-8. None of their wins are against teams with a winning record. None of them. There are three losses. The Cardinals, who are 2-10. The 49ers, who are 8-3. And the Eagles, who are 10-1. Jeez, they don't have a win against a team with a winning record. Meanwhile, the Dolphins at least have a win against the Broncos, who are now 6-5. and five. Now, at the time, Broncos weren't as good as they are now. But still, hey, it's more than what the Cowboys have. Okay, the Cowboys have the lowest strength of victory, which if you don't know what that is, strength of victory is basically the winning percentage of the teams that you've beaten. Okay, they have the lowest strength of victory of any team currently in the playoffs. Okay, the Dolphins are second. I don't want to sound like too much of a homer here, but I'm bringing all of this up because, first of all, they play each other on Christmas Eve. It's going to be a great game. The Dolphins, they don't play a team with a winning record until that game. Meanwhile, the Cowboys, we are about to find out how good Dak Prescott and these Dallas Cowboys are. They're about to play five games in a row against very good opponents. They play the Seahawks this week. Then they play the Eagles, then they play the Bills, and then they play the Dolphins, and then they close it out with the Lions, and then to close out the season, they have the Commanders. We are going to find out really quickly just how good this Dallas Cowboys team is. You know, a couple weeks ago, I did a thing, and I was talking about teams that could potentially win the Super Bowl and had the Cowboys in there. We're going to find out if I was right or not, because I like this defense. The offense has gotten better uh, that's kind of where I'm concerned. Don't really trust Mike, Mike McCarthy. Don't really trust Dak Prescott. But the defense, we know that it's good. We know that it's talented. We're going to find out just how good and how talented over these next five weeks as they're playing against really good football teams all in a row. And to finally close it out, the best game of the day on Sunday. The Bills and the Eagles. The Bills lose to the Eagles. They drop to 6-6. Six and six, And I don't know how the Bills are going to make the playoffs. They really needed to win that football game. They've got to play the Chiefs next week, and then they got to play the Cowboys, and then the Chargers, the Patriots, and the Dolphins. They might win two of those. And 8-9 and is not making the playoffs. they got to win four of them, which I think is a really tall order. They're on the road against the Chiefs. I don't think they win that one. I think the Cowboys are going to live in the backfield and make life really tough on Josh Allen. I don't know if they win that one. they got to play the Chargers, who are weird and talented so they'll they'll probably beat them and they'll probably probably beat the Pats so it's going to come down to them playing the Dolphins on the road in Miami in week 18 that is not an easy place to go and win Dolphins haven't lost at home this year they've been a lot better at home than they have been on the road I mean it is going to be really tough for the Bills to sneak their way into the playoffs this year and they're going to be one of the biggest storylines heading down the stretch you already know I will be paying attention to all of it here at shooting the Schmidt. Um, as a Dolphins fan, I hope the Bills don't make the playoffs. Just going to be honest with you. I hope they lose every game they play the rest of the way. So, that's just me. But anyway, 
Uh, that's going to do it for this segment. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, I'm going to give you my college football playoff top 12. The line of deserving teams has moved. Stick around so you can hear where that's at. I'm Jonathan Smith. This is Shooting the Schmidt, and we'll be right back after a short break. And we're back with more Shooting the Schmidt college football playoff. Quickly approaching. We have conference championship weekend coming up. Can't wait. I'm super excited. Um, there's just there's nothing better than college than conference championship week in in the college football season. Um, yeah, I can't wait for it. It's gonna be good. Let's get to the top twelve. Number twelve, the best three loss team in the country, the LSU Tigers. Can't deny it. They've been awesome so far this year. The offense has been nothing short of spectacular. The defense has not lived up to the LSU standard. But Jaden Daniels could potentially win the Heisman. I wouldn't vote for him because his team has three losses. I get that it's an individual award, but since when do we give the Heisman to a guy whose team has three losses? We don't. We never have, and we shouldn't do that. So number 12, LSU, Jaden Daniels, not my Heisman. Sorry. Number 11, Oklahoma, coming out of the Big 12, missing out on an opportunity to play in the Big 12 championship game. But it doesn't take away from how good this football team has been this year, 10-2. and two. You know, two tough losses, had an opportunity to make a run at the college football playoff, but they couldn't do it. Oklahoma at 11, the defense has been good. Uh, The offense has been solid throughout the season. Jeff Lebby leaving to be the head coach of Mississippi State, the Bulldogs. We're going to get into all the coaching hiring stuff on Wednesday. I need to sit down and fill out my list of who I think could go where, uh, the best jobs, the worst jobs, all that kind of stuff. So Oklahoma at 11, coaching carousel stuff to come. Number 10, Ole Miss. Offense has been awesome. I mean, you know, the two losses, one is to Alabama and one is to Georgia. Like, I'm not, you can't knock them that much. Those are two not bad losses, okay? Even though they got handled in both of those games, they've won every other game they've played. They've beaten LSU. They've beaten some other really good teams along the way. Ole Miss at 10. Number 9, Missouri. Also really good. I mean, they've been nothing short of incredible. One loss, of course, to LSU. The other loss coming to Georgia, coming to Georgia, where they lost by nine on the road in Athens. They played Georgia better than anyone else has the entire year, and that means something to me, at least. I think it should mean something to everybody. Missouri, though, sitting at nine, absolutely destroyed my Arkansas Razorbacks on Saturday, on Friday. We're not going to talk about that, though. We're going to move on. Number eight, Florida State. They found a way to beat Florida. You know, Florida's playing with their starting quarterback. Florida probably wins that game. I didn't think Florida State really looked that great. I thought, you know, their defense stepped up when it needed to. Keon Coleman made a couple big plays when he needed to. But let's be honest, this is not a top-four team in the country without Jordan Travis. It just isn't. And because of that, they should not make the playoff. Okay, Florida State sitting at eight. It sucks. I know Jordan Travis, really good player. But if he's hurt, Florida State, sorry, Seminole fans, you guys are not a top you know, four team in the country. Number seven, Ohio State. They lose the game. <coughs> Excuse me, sorry. The fact that they lose the game, you know, it kind of sucks. Many other years it wouldn't matter. But this is the first time really since the start of the college football playoff that we've had multiple teams capable or with a good enough resume to make the playoff. And... They have this loss. Like, I know they beat Penn State, but Penn State isn't very good. Sorry, they're not. Um, Their next best win is against Notre Dame, who's lost three games this year. Like, I really 
Not really. I was about to lie, but I'm I'm not gonna do that. Ohio State. Sorry, Kyle McCord. Just not. He doesn't cut it at the quarterback position for me. I've hammered this thought in all year long. You don't need to hear me go deep into it again. But their lack of production at the quarterback position is ultimately what cost them that game. J.J. McCarthy was just able to make a couple more plays than Kyle McCord was. He got off to a rocky start, threw a bad interception in the red zone, and that's why they lost. If they win that game, then they are undoubtedly going to the playoff. But they lost. Michigan, I mean, look, you already know where I've got them. You know I've got them top two. Um, you know they're going to be sitting there at two, and they're probably going to beat Iowa, and because of that, they're going to get in. Michigan beating Ohio State three years in a row. Also, Ohio State fans, ignore all the Marvin Harrison Jr. stuff. He's not coming back. He's going to the NFL. Now, just below Ohio State, the line has been drawn. The line of deserving teams is below the number seven, which means, if you're new, there are only six teams currently in college football that I believe deserve a chance at making the college football playoff. And this happens every year. You know, the line starts at, you know, 130 or however many Division One college football teams there are, and it slowly works its way down. Last week, it was below the number eight, um, like right below Alabama and, you know, those type of teams. And now it's, it's down to six teams left. So number six, I've got Alabama. They're taking on Georgia. If they beat Georgia... They deserve a spot in the college football playoff. Don't know what that means for everybody else, but the SEC champ, especially a one-loss SEC champ, deserves a spot in the college football playoff. And number five, I have Texas. Really good football team. Um, Big 12, not as tough as the SEC, not as tough as the Pac-12. Um, so because of that, they, they could be the odd man out here if they beat Oklahoma State in the Big 12 championship game. Oklahoma State, not a bad football team. Texas lost that game, I wouldn't be surprised. But now let me just back that up real quick. I do expect Texas to win that game, but if they lose, wouldn't be surprised. Oklahoma State, that is a tough bunch up there in Stillwater. So number six, Alabama. Number five, Texas. Number four, you already know what I've got here. The second best team in the country. Or let me back that up. The second best team I've seen play this year. Oregon, the Oregon Ducks. I am so excited to watch them play Washington. Last time I checked, they were nine-point favorites over Washington for the Pac-12 championship game. I am so excited for Friday night, 8.30. I'm sitting down on my couch with a pizza from Domino's and like a two-liter of Coke. I'm going to chug it. And I'm going to go crazy this entire game. I am so amped up already for this Pac-12 championship game for the first time in a long time. When was the last time you sat around and said, I can't wait for the Pac-12 title game? It's been a minute. It's been a minute. I'm super excited for this year. The winner probably ends up in the college football playoff. I think it's going to be Oregon. You know how I feel. Oregon, Washington, can't wait. Speaking of Washington, I have them ranked third. They muscle out a win against Washington State. I feel like that has been their season Ever since the Oregon game, it's just them squeaking out these close games against teams that we don't think are as good as they are. And that is ultimately why I don't like Washington as much as I like Oregon. Oregon has just dominated everybody since losing that game. Meanwhile, Washington continues to just barely sneak past teams that they should, quite frankly, blow out. Number two. The Michigan Wolverines, I hit on them a little bit earlier talking about that Ohio State game. J.J. McCarthy, Jim Harbaugh comes back. That's a big deal. That's going to be a major help for them. And look, I know he doesn't call plays on on either side of the ball, 
but there's something about just having the guy there, having him there on the sideline, him being able to step in, and having it just feel like business is normal, even though he's missed eight games this year, so maybe having him there is going to ruin things. Either way, Jim Harbaugh comes back. They should beat Iowa. I'd be really surprised if they didn't. Iowa simply can't score. Should be a blowout. That's beside the point. Michigan sitting at number two. And then, of course, at number one, the best team in the country, the Georgia Bulldogs. Carson Beck continues to get better. They are no longer Brock Bowers dependent. I'm telling you, the injury to Brock Bowers was the best thing that happened to Georgia this season. Okay, They've had to lean on some other guys. The run game is going well. The defense isn't as good as it's been in years past, but the offense is better. So those things kind of balance out a little bit. Uh, really like this Georgia team. Big, physical, fast. Kirby Smart. I mean, he he is the king of college football right now. Georgia, they are the new dynasty. Alabama, move over. Um, well, I guess Alabama, they can they can take the crown back on Saturday. That's going to be a great game, too. I, I'm so excited for this weekend. I, I cannot wait. It is conference championship weekend. It's going to be so good. We're going to get more into that, obviously, on Friday. May see if I can book a guest. We'll see. Um, it'll just kind of depend on when he's free. Um, Zach Gray, if you're listening, it's going to be you. I'd, I'd love to talk to you about this if you're free. But cannot wait. Uh, conference championships quickly, quickly approaching. Cannot wait for it. Yeah, so that's going to do it here at Shooting the Schmidt. Once again, college football top 12. Starting at 12, LSU, Oklahoma, Ole Miss, Missouri, Florida State at 8, Ohio State at 7, Alabama at 6, Texas at 5, and then my top 4, Oregon, Washington, Michigan, and Georgia. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you agree. If you don't, feel free to follow me on Twitter at underscore underscore Jonathan Smith. You can find me there. Um, you can also <clears throat> you can also find my Substack where I tweet out tweet out blah, where I write just a whole bunch of stuff on the NBA and the NFL and all college football, all sorts of stuff. So you can also find my Substack if you want to go find that. Literally just Jonathan Smith Substack, and you can you can get more from me there. So thank you again for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate it. I'll be back again on Wednesday with another episode and should be good. So make sure you subscribe, like, do all those things. And I will talk to you again on Wednesday.